have to learn the stakes here. So we're going to deal with all of this right now. Right now isn't right now. Let's do it. Okay. No! Hey, asshole. How about a smile? This, this is nothing. We've been letting you off easy. You sure you don't have that backwards, kid? Yeah, I'm sure. Three shots? Oh, I love this shit. Gavin, tell your man to stop. Gavin! Jared! Jared! Man said stop. He's been good to us. Taking up more than enough of his time. Welcome, everyone, to Dead Talk Live. I'm your host, Viz, from Walking Dead Now, and I want to welcome our very special guest tonight, Joshua Michael, who we all know as Jared on The Walking Dead. Josh, welcome, and thank you so much for being here with us tonight. How you doing? I'm hanging in, Viz. Thank you for having me, man. I, uh, I apologize for the they're running around trying to get get a get my Skype name. It was a mess. Nah, nah, it's fine. It's all worked out in the end. We're glad to have you with us. And before we get started in doing my research and preparing for this uh, show tonight, I found out that you were a walker in season two. Is that true? That's true. Yeah, yeah. Where? Was, when? I had a, a roommate that was a costume designer on the show or a, a costume and and she uh, made it clear that there was a, a rush call, and I long wanted to be on the show in any capacity. And so I ran down there, and it was the uh, the yeah the season two finale, and I busted through the fence and oh, made sure that I got my face seen. That's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, that's so cool. I mean, uh, you know, they didn't mention which episode. Now I know which episode. I'm going to go back and rewatch that. So let's get right yeah. into this. All right, when you were reading for the role of. Uh, of ja- I mean, when you read, when you were reading for the role, did you know who you were reading for, and what type of character Jared would be? Yeah, more or less. Um, I I think a, a lot of the kind of dickishness of the character I found on set, but um, 
I had gotten sides, and the, the character's name was uh, was Je- Justin and Je- Jerry or something. Because uh-huh. I, I, I read for, for not only Jared, but I read for Gavin's role uh-huh. as well. So and, and Jason Warner Smith also read for for Jared, um, but it yeah uh, we we read through those things and I kind of knew that this this cat was was trouble. Um, I I kind of assumed that he would die very early, and uh, that wasn't the case. Thank no no you lasted quite a while. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was awesome. Yeah, I, I lucked out. Yeah, you def- I mean, I would say so. I, like I tell all our guests, if you manage to make it through at least three or four episodes on The Walking Dead, you've done pretty good for yourself. Uh, so, Jared, I mean, uh, were they contemplating you for any other... Before I get to the next question, were they contemplating you for... I mean, you already said for Gavin. Was it just those two, or were they contemplating you for any other savior or any other kind no. of role? A couple, a couple weeks earlier, no, not even a couple weeks, a couple days earlier, I had read for Richard, ah. and then, um, but before that, I started reading around season three, and I, I think I read for maybe, I, I went back and looked at one point, and it was somewhere between 15 and 17 uh, different auditions that I'd had for the show, Wow! and none of those stuck up until Jared, obviously. That's, that's awesome, that's awesome. Now, Jared, you know no way around it he's one of the cockiest saviors that we've only that we've ever gotten to meet on the walking dead in my opinion second only to negan when it comes to arrogance and cockiness were you excited to take on that bad guy role i love it i it's funny because i spent the last year well actually after i died on walking dead i spent the the year or so trying to find some nice guy roles just so i didn't Mm -hmm. i didn't you know, hit it, yeah. hit that rut of just playing villains the whole time, and and I booked a couple, and I played a couple, and I realized I don't, I don't like that at all. I, I very much, I very much <laughs> like playing the villains. They're they're way more interesting, and uh, you know, it's quite a compliment to to be the most, uh, you know, uh, the you know hated guy. You could say it. most uh, hated, hated guy. Yeah, outside of Negan, yeah, I, I I very much appreciate it. It was funny, like watching the death scene. Um, cause it, it, I did talking dead that night and I was watching Twitter as the, the show was airing live uh-huh. and just watching people's reaction to the death was so nice. It was yeah. lovely. You know, it, everybody was so thrilled that this character died. And I, you know, at that point I realized, okay, that, that was cool. You know, that, that, uh, people had, a, had feelings about it. You know, and no doubt, and I've told every guest that I've had on here before who was a villain, if you can induce that kind of, uh emotions from the fan from the fans where they cheer your death that means you did a great job at being the actor and you played that role perfectly i mean and that's exactly what jared did great stuff exactly now what was it about richard that rubbed jared the wrong way um i think i think anything that was outside of the saviors you know, comfort zone and, and Richard, Richard obviously kind of, <laughs> uh, put his foot down and was trying to start some shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting that like, cause Carl McKeenan who played Richard, uh-huh. um, such a good, uh, fantastic dude. And, uh, you know, talking to him through it, 
it's like he he believed that he was doing the best thing, and I I think any any sort of form of sincerity, I Jared picked up on and did not like, you know that uh, any any try any attempt to do what's right in the in the you know zombie apocalypse just kind of rang silly to Jared. <laughs> <laughs> I get so you. I, so I, I really you know it was it was nice to. Uh, it was nice to pick on him and Morgan. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, if you were to guess, was Jared always a bully, uh, or was he bullied and the apocalypse allowed him to turn the tables on a lifelong of being bullied, and it gave him the chance to be the bully, and he took full advantage of that? Yeah, it's funny, yes. I, uh, I always felt like he was kind of a trust fund kid, like a, you know, a, gotcha. a rich kid. Yeah, just... And and probably didn't didn't have he'd he'd always clung to other people that were saving his ass his entire life and and that kind of played into the apocalypse. Um, so yeah, I, I think he was always a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, and the apocalypse. <laughs> and, and I had asked it, at one point. I'd asked Scott Gimple. I, I mentioned this on a, another yep. interview not too long ago, and I'd asked Scott Gimple. You know, hey, is there any chance of redemption for this guy? And he was like, "No, that's yep. that's out of the bag. Like he's he, he's not a that yeah, that's not a possibility out yep. of the realm of possibility." I read that I read that article with that interview as well. Now, Crazy. when you shoot Benjamin, okay, you were you aimed for the leg, not intending to cause a fatal wound, uh, but that's exactly what ended up happening. Benjamin died. Was there any part of Jared? that felt remorse when he found out that Benjamin had actually died from that shot in the leg? No, I can't, I, I can't imagine. So he didn't let no, up. I feel, yeah. like, uh, I feel like Gavin was the, was the vessel for remorse. I, I was, you know, I, I always wondered and I, I always thought it would be interesting. I, I'm, I was always frustrated, not frustrated, but sad that I didn't have a scene with Negan, to kind yeah. of figure out that dynamic and, and figure out why Jared had survived this long. Well, um, but yeah, I think that was that was Jason's kind of bag to, to feel bad about. <laughs> yeah, and we had Jason as a guest here like last week. And uh, one of the questions that I asked Jason was, why would he continue bringing Jared to these kingdom exchanges when he knew Jared would make a tense situation even worse? And Jason said was that you guys sort of among discussed this amongst yourselves as to why Jared would keep coming. Uh, I don't know if Jason meant with you guys or with the writers. And the best that they come up with was that Jared was like Negan's nephew or knew him somehow before the apocalypse. And Gavin got orders that if anything happens to Jared you're going to have to pay the price for it, you know? That was Jason's way of explaining why Jared kept coming along. What do you feel yeah, about that? Yeah, that? that was the idea. Um, I, I think, yeah, there, there had to be something. Um, it was never defined in the script and never defined by anybody that was producing or, or writing the show. But, uh, you know, it, it made it... After Jared did so much terrible stuff and he still didn't get oft because yeah. he, he's quickly becoming a liability it, it became clear that he must have had some sort of 
connection or had done something virtuous at some point that earned him that credibility to stick around and continue to be a piece of shit. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Now, you know, Richard obviously rubbed Jared the wrong way. You could have uh, taken him out when the kingdom uh, was light on their delivery, which was Richard's doing. He wanted to start a fight, but instead you shoot Benjamin. Now, did Jared spare Richard because he wanted him to feel the consequences of what it feels like to cross a savior and for him to feel the pain of having someone he cared for suffer the bullet instead of Richard himself. Absolutely. I, I think, um, you know, when Richard has that bit where he, he's like, do it, you know, just like kill me. I, I made the mistake. It's me. Um, you know, he like you said, he, he wanted to be that catalyst that threw us into all out war or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I wasn't going to let that happen. Uh, I, or Jared wasn't going to let that happen. I, obviously, the writers weren't going to let that happen. Exactly. Um, but I thought that was an interesting turn for sure. That, and and eventually, you know, the way that Richard goes, uh, it just paid off. Uh, you know, it paid off dividends. It did. Yeah. I mean, he had to pay the consequences, which we're getting to. Uh, do you sure. do you credit? Jared's character and your act and Jared's actions as the final straw that brought back Morgan as being the killer as opposed to the all life is precious Morgan was it your act shooting Benjamin the the, the final straw for Morgan to bring him back and say I got to kill I don't think so I think it's more I think it was more of Richard um you know Richard doing something that that was so unplanned and precarious and so uh without the you know without the uh the you know okay of the rest of the group um I you know I I played into it but I don't think I don't think I I, I pushed Morgan off the edge okay okay 100% I think it you know yeah, it, it wouldn't have been there if, if they had kind of continue bringing that um you know bringing the offerings uh, that that would have never happened and gotcha. richard was the one that that kind of muddied the situation so. okay gotcha gotcha now morgan hated jared no secret there of course for killing benjamin but in my opinion more so for jared well you know setting off you know you say richard was the one that broke the back and and brought out the monster now, uh, I mean, you still got to give Jared, I know this is sort of harping on the last question, but Jared was a piece that set that in motion, the, the turn for Morgan. Uh, yeah, Richard left a cantaloupe, so you guys, ha uh, they had a light delivery. Uh, Jared does this whole thing that we saw in the beginning with Richard. Richard then corners Morgan. Morgan finds out that it was Richard that did it. Uh, so, as far as, I mean, do you, you really think and Jared had absolutely no part to play in uh, maybe not being the final straw, but being sort of the catalyst to the final straw that broke Morgan and made him back into the psycho? Yeah, definitely. I, it was 
it's certainly a perfect storm. And, and I think I did get into Morgan's head a bit, obviously, you know, showing up, showing up out of the dead, um, in, in eight sixteen or whatever, yeah. um, to haunt him, which I, which I was hoping there would be more of, cause that was a, that was one of the most fun scenes to shoot. But yeah, I think, I think, you know, Jared did definitely have a hand in it. I, I just, you know, if, if the kingdom would have kept bringing the tribute, um, chances are things wouldn't have gone so poorly. Yeah, he just liked to stir shit up, but he was, he just wasn't willing to take it to war. He just liked to cause trouble, basically. Sure. Okay. So when Morgan kills Richard, it surprised a lot of people, me included. Now, do you think Morgan kills him because Richard, like I said, set the events that led to uh, Benjamin's death in motion uh, by removing that cantaloupe? Or do you think Morgan killed Richard as a strategic move to show Gavin that the kingdom was still in line with the saviors and get ready for a bigger fight to come? Why That's do you, a good I mean, question. Yeah. Uh, why That's do you think, Mor if you were to guess, what would be Morgan's motivation for taking out Richard? It shocked the shit out complete, of me. Complete strategy, I think. Yeah. for I, I think Morgan's calculating... Um, I don't think at that point he had completely lost himself. I think he had, he, it was necessary for him to do everything he could to try and stave off war. And for someone to be such a loose cannon like Richard was, uh, um, I think it's, I think it's pretty clear why he would, he would take care of that one way or the other. Um, and, and doing it in front of the saviors, doing it in front of, of, of Jason, of Gavin, that um, yeah, I think that only that was only a, a bonus. You know, yeah. it's like these these dudes aren't fucking around. It's mm -hmm. it's uh, you know uh, they're taking this as seriously as as we are, and we're expecting them to. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, yeah, he was just doing what I think what I think he thought was expected, and anything to keep the saviors from completely overcoming everybody else gotcha now all-out war breaks out alden surrenders your outpost and you come face to face with morgan that is the first time we actually see fear in jared's eyes uh both tara and morgan want all of you to die uh jesus wants to spare you because uh alden surrendered and he encouraged all the other saviors to surrendered uh, as you are being ferried back to Hilltop, you continue to goad Morgan on. Did Jared not care if he lived or died, or was he just that arrogant that he did not think Morgan would kill him? Yeah, I've spoken this to this a couple of times. I think that uh, my idea of Jared was that he had... He had endured a considerable amount of psychological trauma in in the apocalypse, and basically he was doing he was so selfish um, because it, that became a way a mode of mm -hmm. survival. Um, and at a certain point, he had lost kind of the respect for life, uh, for others' lives, and then eventually his own life. So I, you know, when and I, I think this thing is kind. of among folks who who uh, 
you know, endure severe hardship. Yeah. That, that when you're so low, it's like, what, how, how much lower can it get? And at a certain point you're, you're welcoming death. Um, and I think that was part of his sociopathy. Okay. Okay. That's a good answer. Now let's take a viewer question. This is from Zachary on Instagram. Zachary wants to know what was it like having most of your scenes in season eight being as a prisoner at the hilltop? Honestly, it was it was kind of frustrating. I, I, because um, there's not a lot you can do inside that pen and mm-hmm. <laughs> a hilltop. Frustrating at first, and then, well, frustrating for the for Jared, but and you know, uh, thinking about Jared as the character, um, but for me it was lovely because I I had never been to a to any of, any of those sets. Hilltop is awesome. The folks that we were in the pen with were amazing. All, all the saviors that we were we were stuck in the pen with, all the uh, background actors who yeah. were really love. You know, I made good friends with a, a handful of those folks. Um, you know that that was cool. And then I, I, this is kind of a, a side note. Um, the hilltop has an actual garden up there. I, I love to garden, and they have they have this. They have a, a living garden up there that wow. someone has planted. I, did, I never met actually who handled that stuff. There's probably a greens person, but you know, a, a live amazing garden, and it's you know just it was such a, a cool spot to be. And the the cool thing about those scenes that happen at Hilltop is that everybody existing in the show kind of um, you know convened there, so. Over the course of of my stay in the pen, you know, I got to meet Malone. Uh, I, I like I had a lot of scenes with with Carrie and you know um, Caitlin and you know there was a lot of time and all, obviously Alden. Uh-huh. We were we were stuck in the the pen together. Uh, you know, it was it was a really the the work was lovely. Um, I wish I wish Jared could have had an. An opportunity to have more play in an yeah. interesting way. Now, as an actor, were you surprised when you walked and you saw? Uh, we've had other people say this uh, when they read the script going on to the set. They assumed like the thirty-foot walls would be CGI, and then you go there, and it's a real set. That they built it. They built the hilltop. Did it surprise you to see the the lengths? that they've gone into set production? It was cool. Yeah, it, it was really, especially because I'm from Georgia, and to see that sort to see a show as well-revered as Walking Dead shooting here, um, to experience that, to, to audition for it, so, you know, and when you audition for it, it becomes part of your psyche. You know, you 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 are watching what's going on with that show. You, you're, um, you're hoping for those auditions some, you get something, you it doesn't go your way. Um, years go by, and then finally you get it. Um, and then to show up and be there, it, uh, that was that was very special. Yeah, it it it's it's wild too because the inside of that house, uh, the Hilltop Manor or whatever. I don't I don't know what the technical name is for it actually. I forgot um, too. But the uh, that that spot is. It, on the inside, it's it's just bare bones. It's a facade. Wow. And then they shoot all the interior stuff uh, back on the stages. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So it's it's amazing. It's, it's, it's such a cool place. I'd love to see it one day. Now let's shift over to the sequence of events that happen in the bar. Okay. You and several other saviors escaped a hilltop when Simon botched his attack on the hilltop. Okay. Now you have Rick and Morgan prisoner. You call BS when Rick gave you his, you have my word speech. Okay. You were the only one that called bullshit on him. Now, the way you played that scene was sort of as if Jared was hesitant. He wanted to believe Rick, but your gut, Jared's gut, was telling you that he was lying. Was that what you were going for? Uh, Or was there no doubt in Jared's mind that Rick was just blowing smoke up your ass? No, I I think, uh, yeah, I think I think Jared read through Rick's bullshit pretty clearly in the same way that he read through Richard's bullshit. Um, just trying to do something virtuous and uh, you know sacrifice himself on behalf of the king kingdom and start this war. In the same way that that I think you know I think Rick was uh, was just just kind of just kind of <laughs> stroking it. Yeah. Um, and, and you know there there's a bit there's a bit that I'm so frustrated that it got cut. Um, not frustrated that it got cut, but I I really I, I did this thing over and over again, and I and I really loved it because tell us about you know uh, Rick Rick has this that has that bit about being like you know you come with us you can join us and you know everything's gonna be okay um, and and there was a bit where he finishes this virtuous monologue and then all of a sudden I you know I'm just looking at him and it and it seems like I'm sold and then I and then and then Jared just goes ugh like gross like completely you know it's just for him I think he's very like for Jared I think he's very like showing that sort of emotion showing that sort of sincerity is a weakness you okay know? yeah okay gotcha Let's take another question. This is from Aaron White on Facebook. Uh, Aaron wants to know, do you think that Jared's attitude could have changed the way he looked at the hilltop and Rick's group if Jared would have gotten to know them instead of the mindset that Negan put in Jared's head? So if I if I would have gotten to know the hilltop, would you? No, I don't think so. I I think that I I think. Jared is the type of, like, like I was saying earlier, he said there's really not a lot of redeeming qualities for him. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, latching on to a group like the Saviors uh, makes sense in that universe, in that, in that idea. It was a perfect um, fit. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I would fit well anywhere else. Unless I had a, a redemption arc, I did something interesting that, <laughs> that, you know, really redeemed me and folks started giving me the credit that I believed I deserved, which <laughs> probably would have been a lot of credit for Jared. Um, I don't think, I don't think I would have, have uh, fit in uh, really. Yeah. I, I think it would have been too cheesy for me <laughs> for, yeah. for Jared. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Now when the time came for Jared, we saw his true colors. Okay. He was a coward. Uh, when the bar was overrun by walkers, he went running for cover and ultimately it was just you and Morgan played by Lenny James, fighting it out what were your feelings reading the script 
um, knowing how Jared's time on The Walking Dead was coming to an end. Just reading the script, what would you think of it? Well, I, I should say I, it, it was prefaced with a call with Scott Gimple, and he, he told me that my time was coming to an end, and we had had some kind words, and, um, you know, I, I had already thought I'd outlived my welcome to begin with, so... Um, I was hoping I would make, I had heard that there was, there was going to be a time jump and I was hoping I would make the time jump, but, uh, that wasn't in the cards. And, and so when I read the script, he, you know, on the phone when I, cause he called me before I had seen the script. And, and so he said, we, we wrote you a really cool exit scene. And when I read it, I was amazed, you know, I, I thought it was, it was so fortunate and so lovely to, uh, to have that opportunity to uh, to die at the hands of of Morgan, and then also have a scene with Rick, you know, to have a scene with Andy, who who I had never had a scene with. Um, I, I I'm not sure if, if if folks have caught any of the behind the scenes stuff from that day, but we shot two days. They were amazing. Um, Mikey Satrazimus shot that episode. And he's now a EP on EP and director. He, he directed a lot of episodes. He oh, yeah, he was off. a he was a guest on our show. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, he's, he's such a lovely guy. Oh, yeah, and he's such a good dude. And and I mean, really, I'd gotten to the point where I loved every person on that set. You know, there there wasn't someone that I. The nature of that show, um, you, I think all the, the tough, you know, shooting conditions and being outdoors in the Georgia heat, it, it just kind of, it creates a, a environment where, where folks kind of get along. It, it, it's like a, a severe summer camp or something. Yeah. And you're all uh, sharing in that same experience. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So but it builds a brotherhood. Stuff. When, the, when that show up ep- or that episode uh, finished, we did, I got rushed into an EPK and was trying to do like an interview, but I, I was just at that point, I, I was dealing with not only the feelings that I was feeling as Jared, but also, uh, the feelings I was feeling as Josh leaving the show. And I was just, I was, I, I was, I was sobbing. I had to, you know, break between, uh, questions to answer gotcha. these, you know, yeah, to, to kind of collect myself. And, um, it was, it was amazing. It was just, just such a lovely, lovely time to be on the show. So let's just go back a little bit, okay? Uh, Michael Satrazimus, uh directs that episode with you, uh, Andrew Lincoln, Lenny James. Uh, great scene right there. Uh, what was your experience since that was your only scene with Andy? Uh, what was it like uh, working with him, like professionally? What did you think of uh, his methods, how he handled himself? What was your overall opinion on how Andy Lincoln, how dedicated he is to the craft? He, there's a reason why, there's a reason why a show about, you know, zombies has made it this long. And, and I believe that Andy is that, you know, uh, the, the positivity he brought to set, the way he treated every single person, I two buddies that came in that were, were with my agency that came in and died alongside of me for that 
that scene and um, you know he he showed them the same care he showed me and and that that is you know welcome to this show that I'm I created but also there is no ego attached to it yeah and I mean everything that everything that everyone says about Andy I you know in my short experience with him uh, on a couple of days of work and you know some of the rap parties he's just the, the most lovely guy and I don't know anybody that speaks anything else of, the, of him yeah, you know it, yeah, yeah it, it's just such a, a fortunate thing and I think that's reflective of of how the show came to be you know he uh, he hopped on this thing that you know first season six episodes and I don't think a lot of folks thought it would carry on for as long as it did and, and have the appeal that it did and and I think he never never lost sight of how fortunate he was to be on you know a show like this that's awesome yeah uh, everybody always says the same he's just a wonderful human being now that's a good yeah let's go to Jared's death now believe it or not on The Walking Dead after 10 seasons there have not been a lot of uh guests supporting major characters that we see actually get devoured by zombies by walkers the most notable one that comes to my mind is noah back in uh in the uh several seasons before you came on the show and then you uh so you're in a very uh exclusive group in the walking dead of having your death be exclusively done at the hands of walkers literally literally tearing you apart how does that make you feel yeah i mean it's great i i always said you know because because as jared went along and, and kind of continued to live despite all odds um you know everyone everyone on set would come up to me and be like oh you're gonna you're gonna die and that's gonna be wild uh and i you know i kind of hoped for something amazing like that that's awesome. So I, I always said I, I wanted to be either eaten by Shiva, axed <laughs> by Gary, or uh, or you know at, die at the hands of, of of Morgan. And and I, you know, dying at the hands of Morgan was the made the most sense in the scope of the story. Gotcha, gotcha. Now Morgan could have killed you uh, quickly. Uh, he could have easily have put you down before locking you outside those gates. But he held you there for the walkers to get you. If you were to switch uh, roles, okay, put yourself into Morgan's shoes, do you see yourself doing the exact same thing? The way the writers wrote it? Instead of Morgan putting Jared down, maybe with that cue stick, that cue stick that you had to him, and putting him down, and then Morgan going to the safety behind the gates, he let... He went behind the gates, grabbed you, held you there for the walkers. It was a vicious way for you to die. He had no remorse look on his face for doing it that way. If you reversed the roles, would you have done it the same way if you were in Morgan's shoes? Oh, absolutely. I honestly don't think that Morgan had an opportunity to, to kill me before. Well, I, I hope it came across that, the, that it was still a struggle until he kicked me outside of those gates. Yeah. And then... Uh, and then at that point, you know, uh, it was the only option. Close it up, you know, close it up. He's he's going to, one way or another, 
get it if he doesn't close those gates but also it it's a win-win you know yeah, <laughs> he, he yeah. saves he, he stays safe and then he grab I, I always thought that was such a cool bit too and I, I don't, i'm not sure if it a lot some some folks i don't think noticed it completely but yeah that he he grabs my stuff my You're sure. you know jacket yeah and pulls, yeah Right. And, and he and he holds you there, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. That was cool. That was yeah, an amazing and then, and scene. Yeah, looking at me the whole time. Yeah. yeah, and then we get to see that close up of the walkers biting your face away. You know. Uh, yeah. Was that actually? I mean, obviously that wasn't you, but was that? Were you wearing prosthetics as the actor, or did they do a stand-in for you? No, no, no. I, yeah, I was wearing prosthetics. That was that was the VFX team, and that. So before lunch, before we broke for lunch that last day, I they they had the piece, you know, the prosthetic on me, and so I have photos where I'm eating lunch across somebody, like with this bulbous face <laughs> that's just ready to be ripped off, and then um, and then yeah, that oh gosh, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting the the guy's name who bit my face off, but the first time he went for it, he uh, he bit into my actual cheek. Oh, uh, he he bit too deep. Um, but also I was like moving around and I didn't even notice completely, but yeah, they got that nice pull. Yeah. That's a, um, that's a close up so right cool. there. I know, had... The skin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now let's go to more, the hallucinating that you mentioned earlier. Morgan started hallucinating, uh, about your characters after you died, obviously. Now, after Jared died, you became... You could sort of say you became sort of the main focus of Morgan's hallucination. Why Jared? Of all the people Morgan lost, has lost over the years, why did Jared come back to haunt him in his hallucinations? (laughs) You know, Viz, I don't know, man. I I was really happy to come back, I tell you the truth. I was hoping it would happen a lot more, but I I don't know exactly why. Why was Jared? I think it was just kind of, you know, fitting for the season. But it was funny because I I wrapped out and like I was saying, I I did that the um, EPK interview or whatever for the behind the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. And I was, you know, sobbing and I, I, you know, afterwards found everybody that I wanted to say goodbye to, which was everybody (laughs) and gave them hugs and was just crying on them. just saying goodbye you know i've only been there 11 episodes but like it it did it was the, it's the longest it's the longest opportunity i've ever had on a show um or any body of work and um and then a week later i get a call from my agent and, is, and she's like hey do you want to go back to the walking dead and <laughs> you know for, for 816 and i'm thinking like i mean absolutely yeah i have to see those people again who I had these heartfelt goodbyes with and, um, you know, show back up for a day. That's but, awesome. Uh, it, w- it was lovely. And if I can share a story, actually, I, Absolutely. I, I meant to share this on, on uh, Talking Dead, but I, and I think they asked me kind of about it, but I was so nervous I didn't get a chance to talk about it. But Oh, please share away. Um, when, I was, when, I was on, uh, when I was on that last day, I came in and it was the first scene I had the opportunity to have with, with Norman and... Um, you know, everybody was there. It was a you know a big scene where they were going through, and uh, it it was you know just such a cool day to be there and and see everybody again. Then I you know because I'm bloodied up, I go back to they they wrap me kind of earlier in the day. I go back to clean up, 
and I'm driving out for the last time from from uh, the stages, and we were shooting not we were shooting walking distance from from the stages, just on a road that they use kind of often on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'm leaving the gate, and who do I see but Andy Lincoln walking back, and it's it literally is the last time I ever left those stages, and and I see Andy, um, and you know I I just had a, an opportunity to tell him thanks for for you know starting the show and uh, bringing it to Georgia and and committing so hard you know being so dedicated dedicated to it and um, as someone that is from Georgia and it's it's I'm sure it brought so much of the industry attention once once a show because I don't I don't I, I honestly don't think that the industry would be what it is in Georgia now without Walking Dead um, among other properties well, you know Tyler Perry obviously is doing amazing stuff here and um, has been for a long time but but uh, with with Walking Dead here I think it it suddenly put a magnifying glass on what was happening here and the, the opportunity to, to create good quality content here. Uh-huh. And, um, so I, I just had that, that moment with Andy and was able to say thanks. And, uh, and then I drove off, you know, and I went home and, and, you know, uh, waited for the show to be cut together and waited for the world to see it. So that's awesome. So on your way out, you know, you get to see the star of your, of the show and he was, well, you know, I know you kept in touch with a lot of them, but he was the last one that you said goodbye to driving off the set. That is so cool. Yeah. That is, it was amazing. That was so cool. Now, um, the hallucination scenes, were you able to shoot all everything in one day or did you have to sit in that makeup chair for several days? Oh no. Yeah. That, the uh, that final hallucination scene was, it, I, I think it was less than a normal day. I I, I think I showed up maybe ten a.m. and I was wrapped by three p.m. It was okay. quick. I yeah. sat in makeup for maybe an hour, but I, but the makeup uh, uh, the makeup for my death scene actually took a lot a lot longer. But this thing it was just a, a piece they they just glued onto my face. Gotcha. gotcha. And I was just you know blood mouthed and Greg Nicotero kind of referenced uh, American werewolf uh, great there's movie. a scene where where the lead is is visited by a uh, yeah. by a dead friend in the hospital bed <laughs> yep yep uh, he gets visited uh, by that dead friend uh, in the movie theater and just before yeah, yeah yeah I know exactly what you're talking about uh man you got to give it to Greg Nicotero he is a true horror fan. <laughs> he's such a badass and he's doing creep show yeah he's shooting here uh, as well definitely creep show as well did you and lenny have fun shooting those hallucination scenes yeah <laughs> I, I had a blast i don't know about lenny lenny <laughs> is such a consummate actor he's so severely serious um you you know you could chat with him between stuff and and whatnot but i you know i, I think he didn't break much but i had a blast i <laughs> i I just wanted more mouth blood. I just wanted to kind of continue drooling down my face, whatever. <laughs> Make it as gnarly as possible. That's awesome. All right, hold on. I lost my place here because I was just, I mean, I'm just, did you feel awe just working with such a, uh, like an actor like Lenny James, who's so beloved in the industry 
and just an amazing actor. Uh, I mean, how did you feel just like being in all those scenes with him? I mean, were you like, wow, you know, I'm here working with Lenny James and we're doing scenes together. How does that feel, man? I mean, it was a gift. Um, I, I had long loved Lenny from Snatch. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, I've, I've watched that movie so many times. and uh, But it's funny, I haven't seen it. I, I heard he was in 24-Hour Party People, which has been recommended to me a lot that I need to see. Um, but I, you know, just getting the opportunity to work with him, kind of see how he operates on set, see the kind of dedication he brings to the craft in the same way that Andy did, same way that everybody does on the yeah. show. Um, it, it was just, it, yeah, that, that was a, a really fortunate thing. I got to see Lenny the other day. I, we did a short with, uh, the script supervisor, Amy Lacey, who, uh, who has been shadowing you know, essentially shadowing all the directors and, and EPs and writers uh, this whole time, just script supervising since the pilot. And, um, you know, finally she's making the crossover to, to direct her own short. And so it was uh, a lot of folks were volunteering their time and Lenny did and Cooper and I got to work with Pollyanna and yeah. uh, it was just such a cool thing. All the hair and makeup team and so many of the folks that that work the show uh, to get to see them after having not seen them for maybe two years because they, you know, you you make wonderful friends when you're working and then inevitably they're they're they continue working and you yeah. can't see them. You know, it's a it's a grueling schedule for them, so you you don't see them very much. And then, um, yeah, so it it, it was a, a really cool thing to to get to see Lenny again and get <laughs> to feel those same nerves around him that I did. <laughs> Or like, you know, here, here's this British trained actor who is so, so dry and awesome, uh, but like, you know, no bullshit. You just constantly thinking like, oh, I'm, I'm embarrassing myself in front of, in front of this guy. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Now, was there anything that you would do uh, to get into the mindset of Jared uh, just before they started shooting? Like, as an actor... What would you do to switch from Joshua to Jared? Would, did you have any kind of special thing that you would do? Tricks, methods? I'm big on um, I'm big on the costume and I'm big on the look. That I think that always helps define a character. And and I don't obviously I don't wear my hair. My hair's about here now. Yeah. I don't wear it down very much. It's cumbersome. Um, so just by nature of like letting my hair down the posture that I assumed was kind of a crotch out kind of person. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, it just kind of always leaning back kind of in the same way Negan does. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I felt like that was, that helped connect. Um, but I, but I did also think about kind of the psychological trauma of things and that I, I tried to not, I tried to not make it, uh, I try to not take anything too seriously mm -hmm. um, as Jared. Yeah. Because I think he, at a certain point, experienced a considerable amount of trauma and, and just devalued life in a way that gotcha. it was just, just a big game to him. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, when you were on set and the cameras were rolling, 
Did you do any kind of uh, improvisation? For example, when you had your fist over Richard and you flipped it to the bird, was that in the script or was it something that you did? Because for me, I, I can look at that and see it go either way. I have to go back and look, actually. I feel really proud of that moment, but I don't think, I don't know if that was mine. Okay. I for me I always channeled you know you know, <laughs> for me it was a total Mr Miyagi moment um, <laughs> you know in Karate Kid yeah. where he's like he's like live or die yeah and the guy's like die and and he's like wrong answer yeah <laughs> he's like Ehh. yeah um I, that was that moment for me okay gotcha I, yeah. gotcha uh were there I, I, and I'm not sure if that was in the script. I'm not sure if the finger was in the script. I think it was. I think it was. Okay. Okay. Were there uh, any cast... Well, I think you sort of kind of answered that you became friends with a lot of cast members. But were there any in particular that stand out that you became really good friends with after your time on the show ended? Like, still keep yeah. in touch with? Well, just by nature of our time on the show. So, when when I came in... It was a lot of the actors' first days, too. A lot of the Kingdom actors. Um, so, you know, Carlos Navarro, Carrie Cahill, Cooper Andrews, mm -hmm. Kari Payton. Um, I just became close friends with Paul, closer friends with Pollyanna, um, having not had any scenes with her. Um, but Jason Warner Smith, we were. We're kind of in the same boat look-wise. We, we read for a lot of the same stuff here in town. I had seen him in a, a play here a long time ago before I worked with him. And so I was excited to get on, on set with him and, and you know, just have the opportunity to kind of flex our muscles as, a, as Atlanta actors yeah. operating in uh, what is a, you know, worldwide show. And um, so that was – that and. So I've I've been close with Jason. We we're, we're with the same convention agent, so we get paired a lot of times just by nature of having yeah. a couple of our first episodes together. And um, yeah, so yeah, all of those guys though. I just just uh you know really, and I got to I got to do Love Simon with Logan Miller, Benjamin, who I I killed. Um, <laughs> it, it, it was maybe maybe three or four months after I had finished. Or he had died on the show, and um, I got that he was he had booked a pretty substantial role in Love Simon, and I was just a Ferris wheel operator. But it was it was really cool to make it back and you know see him and see him again. Say what up? Yeah. All right. So yeah. let's say you get a call to come back to the new Tales of the Walking Dead anthology. Okay, for a single. Don't do. It's already. <laughs> It's already effective. I, yeah, I'm back. Yeah, anything you want me to do, what do you want? Well, for a single episode, Jared backstory. Now, obviously, you would do it, but describe the Jared that we would see in that anthology episode. How how That's do you envision it? I I would love to see I would love to see his interaction with Negan. I would love to see how how he got away with so much. You know what what was the inciting incident that allowed him to exist in this world of the saviors and um you know and not be killed as a liability 
Gotcha. Gotcha. Now you've been in... He had to, he oh. had to have something or had to have, you know, be blood with somebody that, uh, you know, that gave him a, a couple free passes because yeah. that was a huge piece of shit and making things tougher for everybody around him, you know. Gotcha. Gotcha. Totally understand that. Now you've been in this business uh, for a while now, I think like 2005. What's the most important thing that you've learned in the entertainment business? What would you say is like the most important lesson that you have learned since you started your acting professional career? Um, I mean, I think it, it's it's not something that, yeah, it's definitely something I've learned. It's something I believed early on that it's a long game. You know, you, um, I'm like, I, I think I've been seriously acting for about 10 years. I've been back in Atlanta, uh, and and working with my agency for since 2010 i did i did student films down at florida state for a while but um it, it is most definitely a long game and you know it's such a privilege privileged career i was just thinking moments ago before before we got on the call that i don't know why anybody who has the desire to act would do anything else yeah um it's just it's such a lovely, wonderful, creative thing when you're allowed to do it. But then all the all the other messes, you know, all the in between is is the problem. Gotcha. You know, you, gotcha. especially in the time of COVID, you're you know, you six months or seven months without working. Uh, that that really, you, you know, you reassess. Okay, well, I've built so much of my life around being an actor and, and my identity is so wrapped up in being an actor. And so, you know, who am I when that thing disappears suddenly? I gotcha. I understand. Um, so I don't, I don't, that answers your question, but yeah. One of our team members has a great question for you. Uh, this is from singer check. Uh, she says you're an accomplished drummer, an indie rock band uh, called Look Mexico. Singer Chick wants to know who would you say has been your greatest musical influences. I gotta say, thank you. Uh, that's that's awesome. That's an awesome question. Thank you. Um, I'd, I'd say first and foremost, I'd, I have always loved Dave Grohl and his work in Nirvana. Um, I'd and now the lead of uh, Foo Fighters. And then the lead of Foo Fighters, exactly. Um, and I, I love, you know, uh, this. The, there's a, a handful of bands that folks may may not be super familiar with, but um, minus the Bear, American Football, those those acts across the board are are influential to me. Um, I love I've loved all the drummers for Alkaline Trio. It's funny, like I was. You know, there's some bands that kind of pop up on your radar and you realize how much they influence your drum style, but are your, your, you know, your artistic style and, um, but you don't necessarily listen to anymore, but, but I listen to like say Goldfinger a lot. <laughs> their drummer was great. Um, I, I, I listened to, I love R.E.M. still, you know, Peter Michael Buck Stipe. and Mike Miller. Yeah. Um. Those are some great bands, man. Danny Carey and Tool, Dana Carey, rather, is that right? Yeah. Um, And Tool, you know, but I I don't play anything like him. I just, 
I just love his work. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, we're almost out of time, but I do want to get one more question in. If you can go back to when you were younger, not that you're old, but if you could go back to your younger days when you were starting out and give yourself one piece of acting advice, what would it be? It's got to be do less. Um, and, and you hear this all the time. You know, it's it, you, you feel like this... You, I see somebody saying Lars Ulrich. No way. No, no, no. <laughs> Fuck Lars Ulrich. <laughs> that, is that is a clown. Uh, no, on the first couple albums, he's great. And he really was an influence. Uh, but no, uh, none of, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. White. I'm white. <laughs> um, uh, no, uh, but, but uh, yeah, I, if I could go back and, and I, I would say, you know, do less. Uh, put your best foot forward. I, I, I sent in a lot of auditions that I think were complete garbage very early on, and, and I had to uh, I had to undo that first impression, yeah. which is very hard to do. It is. Um, but I, yeah, I, I, you know, approach it with the respect that it deserves, and also the the fun. You know, if, if you're having fun, the, the best times I've ever had on set are the times I'm having fun, and there wasn't a day on Walking Dead that I wasn't having fun, and I think that's maybe why I had such a life on this show. Yeah. Um, there's other stuff where you get on set and you're nervous as hell, and things aren't going right, and you you just don't trust yourself, and then it <laughs> it shows in the work. You you watch it back, and you're like, well, yeah, I gotcha. look nervous. It it appears nervous. They cut around me. It yeah. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, Joshua, I want to thank you so much for joining us. This has been a great hour. It just flew right by, man. I can't believe the hour is already up. Again, thank you so much for being our guest. Uh, my brother, who's also my executive producer, wanted me to personally tell you from him, thank you so much. He's a big fan of yours. So, Marco, thanks you for also joining us. Our, our viewers, thank you for being with us and sharing these stories. It's been fabulous. Uh, we got to have you on again sometime. Uh, guys, thank you for tuning in tonight. Thank you to Joshua for joining us. I'll be back on the air again tomorrow night, guys. Uh, stay safe and stay walking. Good night. Appreciate you.